Hello and good day. Welcome to my podcast, Sports Law Matters. Today we're going to talk about the specificity of sports. So to dive into the specificity of sport, we must go through its history and what's it all about. Uh, There has been a a long debate uh, for what exactly specificity of sport means and in what context we should use it. Uh, The European Union, they have a, a rich history of involvement in the realm of sports. Uh, The central question in the debate on the position of sport in the European Union is whether sport is special and deserves a specific treatment under the EU law. This discussion uh, revolves around the specificity of sport and the sporting exception. So uh, if we look at the historical context uh, with the EU relationship with sports, it began in uh, the Walrev case uh, back in 1974. That case set the foundation for uh, what is known as the EU Sport Aquis, which serves as a guideline for current and future member states. The EU has addressed various sports-related subjects from boycotts and broadcasting to doping and discrimination. So, uh, then we have to look at the Treaty of Amsterdam, or the Declaration of Sport from 1997, Uh, The treaty emphasizes the social significance of sports, highlighting its role in forging identity and fostering unity. The EU institutions were urged to consider the unique characteristics of amateur sports, and the Declaration of Sport annexed to the Treaty of Amsterdam recognized the multifaceted roles or the important roles of sport, from its educational and health benefits to its economic economic uh, implications. The Mecca Medina case, which is, uh, from my point of view, one of the most important cases uh, in the history of sport, uh, highlighted the court's stance on the nature of the International Olympic Committee's anti-doping rules. The court emphasized that doping contrast with the traditional values that sports stand for. The court also referred to various documents, such as the Community Support Plan to combat doping in the sport and the Helsinki Report on Sport to emphasize the uh, importance of fair play, solidarity and team spirit in sports. So, if we take a look uh, to the case law, the uh, Walrave and Bosman cases, they laid the groundwork for the EU's involvement in sports. These cases um, emphasized For example, the free movement of sportsmen and recognized exceptions for pure sporting rules. A pure sporting rule can be, for example, uh, the offside rule. That's a pure sporting rule and has no economic, uh, nothing economic uh, behind it. Um, The Piao case, on the other hand, revolved around the uh, profession of uh, players' agents. The uh, Court of First Incense acknowledged the need for supervision in this profession, emphasizing the economic nature of the player's agent's profession. So that was basically what the Piao case uh, came from. Then came uh, the White Paper on Sport from 2007. This, is, this was a huge uh, achievement and uh, is uh, currently used and uh, many uh, 
academics and sport lo sports lawyers uh, looked look to it. Uh, the European Commission in 2007 adopted the White Paper on Sport. This document is a comprehensive strategic in initiative uh, in the field of sport. The White Paper, for example, recognized the um, diverse roles of sports from its educational and health benefits to its economic uh, implications. The document also emphasized the importance of financial solidarity in sports. This document is very significant and um, it was a pioneer, pioneering move, marking uh, the first time the European Commission addressed sport-related matters at the EU level in such a comprehensive matter. So, what is in this white paper? Firstly, it um, underscores the uh, societal role of sport. Sport isn't just about uh, competition. Uh, it's a uh, it's a powerful tool to uh, powerful tool for promoting health, fostering active citizenship, and facilitating social inclusions and integration. It also highlights how sport can bridge cultural gaps and foster dialogue between different communities. Moving on to the economic uh, dimension, the document sheds lights on the substantial economic uh, impact of sport within the EU. Sport isn't just games and fun. I mean, it's it's a significant contributor to the EU's economy, driving growth and creating jobs. The white paper delves into uh, the intricacies of the internal market and competition, specifically uh, in the uh, realm of sport. Yeah. Now, when we talk about the uh, organizations of sport, the white paper offers insight into its unique nature. It discusses the voluntary structures underpinning sport and its governance, the autonomy of sport organization, the, dis dis the distinct uh, nature of sport and how um, EU law interacts with sport are all topics to touch upon. Lastly, the white paper doesn't just identify issues, it proposes solutions. It suggests a range of actions in diverse areas, from combating doping to uh, safeguarding young athletes, for example, and promoting health through physical activity. In essence, the 2007 white paper on sport is a testament to the complicated role of sport in European society, highlighting its societal, economic and organizational dimensions. It's a must-read for anyone keen on understanding the intersection of policy and sport in the uh, EU. So what are the uh, specific characteristics of sport or what is the meaning of that? I mean, um, sport have unique characteristics that set them apart from other activities. These characteristics include, for example, symmetrical nature of the playing field, the equal division of the game duration, and the system of home and away matches. These characteristics ensure a level playing field for all competitors, both in individual and team sports. Although, of course, some teams are better than others, it's all laid up on the same foundation. The, um, the concept of sports specificity, the specificity was not accepted by the European Court of Justice in several cases. For example, including the Piao case, which dealt with the players' agents and the Bosman and Dona cases, which revolved around the transfer system and nationality clauses in professional club football. However, the concept remains the topic of debate and discussion in the realm of European sports law. Uh, the Court of Arbitration of Sport, they have recognized the uh, specificity of sport, for example. 
Now let's dive back to the Mecca Medina case, which I find very interesting and uh, very important also in this case. Uh, the Mecca Medina case, it provided an excellent opportunity for the uh, European Court of Justice to further develop and uh, describe the specific sporting rules that are not covered by the uh, EC Treaty thereby providing sports governing bodies with a better understanding of the types of rules and practices that can apply without fear of being challenged under EU law. So, what did the Mecca Medina case imply? The case included a legal challenge to anti-doping laws brought against the EU, an area that the majority of people would simply recognize as lying within the nature and exclusive competence of the expert sporting regula regulator. The uh, European Court of Justice did not specify the scope and character of the special sporting laws that fall outside the ambit of EU law in its 18 July 2006 judgment. On the contrary, the court appears to have taken a significant step by partially revising, uh, reversing the Court of First Instance's uh, earlier ruling and by establishing an open-ended legal test that will almost inevitably be uh, result in an increase in the number of EU-based legal challenges to sporting rules and practices. Given the uh, court's uh, explicit phrasing, it became uh, increasingly difficult to find specific sports regulations that are not uh, susceptible to dispute under EU law. So, to have a better understanding of the factual and legal backdrop of this case, it is necessary uh, that I brief you the outlines of the facts surrounding the Mecca Medina. Uh, this case involved two professional swimmers who were suspended for four years in this instance after testing positive for a forbidden drug or, uh, or Nandrolon and the FINA doping panel enforced the suspension on 8th of August 1999. The swimmers appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sports in Lausanne, Switzerland and the four-year ban was affirmed on 29th February 2000. Following the discovery of new data, the parties decided to refer the case to CAS, and on 23rd May 2001, the suspension was lowered from four years to two years. Unhappy with that outcome, the swimmers filed a protest with the uh, European Commission a week later, or on uh, 30th May 2001, claiming that the uh, IOC doping policies, uh, as were enforced by FINA, who uh, suspended them in the first place, violated the EC Treaty's competition restrictions, Articles 81 and 82, which are now uh, 101 and 102. Given the timeline of the events, a uh, week passed between the second cast judgment and the letter to the European Com Commission, the Commission rejected the complaint in August 2002, stating that the anti-doping measures were simply sports rules that were outside the am ambit of uh, EU competition leg legislation. Uh, so, basically, they're saying that uh, these doping violations were just sports rules and have nothing to do with uh, EU law. Commissioner Monti stated at the time of the decision exactly uh, it was understandable that the complaints will do uh, complainants would do whatever they could to uh, contest the ban, which had been imposed under the IOC and FINA anti-doping rules. But this does not justify the intervention of the Commission, which takes the view that it's not its job to take the place of sporting bodies when it comes to choosing the approach they feel 
is best suited to combat doping. So this is what the Commissioner uh, Monti stated. I find it very important uh, that the Commission has to do a better job of defining what constitutes a sports rule. They should not be able to hide, hide behind that, leaving open the question of when a sporting regulation becomes so self-contained that it cannot be enforced under EU law. I mean, what exactly is simply a sports rule? When uh, disputing if something is or is not sports rule, they must define it. Define it. Um, however, following their defeat in uh, Brussels, the swimmer chose to challenge the Commission's judgment to the European Court of First Instance, and uh, the European Court of First Instance upheld the Commission's decision to reject the complaint. It argued that the EC Treaty's free movement clauses did not apply to pure sports law, such as anti-doping provisions, as these restrictions had no bearing on commercial or economic uh, activities. Using the same logic, the CFI, or the Court of First Instance, decided that anti-doping laws had no bearing on the uh, economic connections of competition and hence did not violate Articles 81 or 82 of the uh, European Treaty. So that's Article 101 and 102. So based on that, I find that this uh, indicates that it might appear as though sport organizations have carte blanche in determining what to govern and how to control it. It also appears as courts are um, unwilling to take on this matter and leaving open legal questions. So uh, we go on with the uh, case. The uh, Court of First Instance found that the, uh, if the regulations were uh, focused on their intent purpose of preserving uh, the spirit of fair play and did not contain an element of discrimination, it was not up to the Court or the European Commission to determine whether the requirements were excessive or disproportionate. It may be inferred that the Court had, with good reason, determined that uh, it was not really for the institutions of the European Union to become involved in establishing, for example, how much nandrolone should be acceptable in the body tissue of a professional swimmer. This appears to have been Commissioner's, Monty worry, Commissioner's Monty's worry as well. The uh, Court of First Instance suggested that it became the regulations in question were sporting, the problem should be resolved through the appropriate procedures of the sporting organizations. In this regard, the CFI also noted that the swimmers had not exhausted all available routes of appeal as evidenced by their failure to challenge the second CAS award from 23rd May 2001 to the Swiss Federal Court. Thus, the uh, CFI's ruling might be viewed as a resounding defense of the Commission's decision. Uh, The CFI suggested that the Commission went above and beyond the call of duty by considering whether anti-doping laws were instinctively uh, related to the legitimate conduct of sports competition and if they went no further than was necessary to accomplish their objective. Uh, so this will be in line with the Walters case uh, of uh, the European Court of Justice. Notably, the uh, Court of First Instance said that this type of examination was not essential in connection to pure sports rules. 
though it might be explored once more that the CFI believed it was not the European Commission's or the European Court's responsibility to review sports law, such as anti-doping rules under competition law, and that uh, disagreements over such topic could and should be resolved in a more suitable forum. So how it should be addressed remains a mystery. It appears that neither the Commission nor the courts have a solution, which, according to the to me, uh, has to be unacceptable. I mean, given that the athletics organization continued to be economic giants with their choices affecting hundreds, if not thousands of people worldwide. So Gianni Infantino, the president of FIFA and former director of legal affairs for UEFA, believes that the uh, court of first instance approach appears entirely rational from a legal and policy standpoint. Even if one accepts that sport has become a business, which of course it frequently is, there is something faintly absurd about the European Commission being asked to decide whether or not a swimmer's ban for taking prohibited substances constitutes an uh, appreciable uh, restriction of competition in a relevant market and thus violates European antitrust law. Uh, nonetheless, the swimmers in Mecca Medina were not finished. They appealed the uh, Court of First Instance decision to the highest court in Europe, the ECJ, following the hearing. Uh, Advocate General Leger issued his opinion in which he categorically dismissed the appeal, which he ca uh, characterized as muddled. He noted that uh, anti-doping regulations dealt with the ethical elements of sport and were thus exempt from EU law, EU's law restrictions, even if they had some or other economic uh, impact. As with the court of first instance, the Advocate General stated that because anti-doping laws dealt with sports problems rather than market regulations, there was no need to evaluate its effect on competition law, uh, for example, using the Wouters test, which I will probably talk about in some other uh, post podcast show or to engage in considerations about the proportionality. The uh, European Court of Justice judgment on uh, 18th July 2006 has thrown the entire situation into disarray once more after a brief reference to the preceding case law of cases like Walrave, Donau, Bosman, Delish and Lettonen. The court used some exceedingly wide phrasing that might have significant repercussions for future disputes involving sport specifically uh, paragraph 28 of the ruling, which states, if the sporting activity in question falls within the scope of the treaty, the conditions for engaging in it are then subject to all the obligations which result from the various provisions of the treaty. So the uh, European Court of Justice decision did not reverse the uh, Court of First Instance judgment in the sense that it granted the swimmers their requested remedy but it is legally significant because it rectified the lower court's errors and denied sports bodies the sporting exception to the European law that the uh, Court of First Instance ruling appeared to grant them. In addressing the uh, Court of First Instance difficulty in distangling the economic uh, aspects of anti-doping rules from their sporting aspects, the uh, European Court of Justice rejected the Advocate General opinion which advised that the anti-doping rules were indeed purely sporting in nature, and held instead that it is evident that the mere fact that the rule is purely sporting in nature does not have the effect of excluding from the scope of the treaty uh, 
the person engaging in the regulated activity, as stated in paragraph 27 of this judgment. This is quite interesting uh, how they came to this conclusion. Sportsmen activities and regulations that regulate these activities were therefore changed away from an artificial division between sporting and commercial norms. Since anti-doping rules are part of competition uh, law, and specifically uh, Article 101 of the Treaty of the Functioning of the European Union, which prohibits agreements between undertaking and concerted practices, which have as their object or effect the prevention, restriction or distortion of the competition within, an inter within the internal market of the European Union. Uh, the uh, e European Court of Justice analyzed them in this context before making a decision on whether or not the agreement amongst anti-doping actors to develop these regulations constituted a, violent, a violation of this clause. The court was uh, interested in determining uh, whether or not these restrictions were proportionate to the purposes so identified in the athletic community. That the uh, European Court of Justice prior decision in the uh, Walters case was taken into account while analyzing the anti-doping provisions shows, according to uh, authors, for example, Cullery and McArdle, the court was just applying broad principles regulating and the interpretation of Article uh, 81 or 101 today. In addition, the uh, European Court of Justice reasoning in Walters was not new, even in sports circles, um, as the uh, DLG case, which concerned the uh, application of the European competition law to an agricultural cooperative uh, purchase rules had been cited before the courts in the cases of Bosman and Delige. Another commission uh, judgment, judgment in uh, ENIC UEFA uh, also took waters into account, but concerned prohibitations on the ownership or control by an undertaking, ownership of more than one club, and like Mecca Medina, had been heard by the competition authorities after CAS had disposed it. Weirdly, considering the Court of First Instance prior use of the Walters mythology in sports competition matters, uh, it ever felt the need to stray from it. However, Mecca Medina was and is groundbreaking not because it used Walters, but because it had, it had consequences, consequences for um, doping regulations explicitly. So, what were the consequences of Mecca Medina? Uh, Weatherhill, uh, academic, he uh, supports the European Court of Justice approach to Mecca Medina, and they are shared by a great number of academics. However, there has been much criticism from within the sporting community, and many stakeholders would have preferred the uh, Court of First Instance approach, which would have given the sporting organizations far more autonomy over their uh, anti-doping regimes than the uh, European Court of Justice has done, even allowing for the inherency argument, which has the uh, potential to lull um, European sporting organizations into false sense of security. Gianni Infantino, he has probably been the most vocal in expressing these concerns. Infantino sees Mecca Medina as a huge step backwards that will unavoidably be uh, open a Pandora's box with potentially disastrous legal and political consequences uh, up until now that has not happened but we will see 
because of the conflicting decisions made by the uh, Court of First Instance and the European Court of Justice, it was impossible to reconcile the uh, Court of First Instance approach with the Walters formula, formula, which is why the European Court of Justice was correct to correct it. However, this resulted in the uh, Court of First Instance and the European Court of Justice coming to opposite conclusions and the decisions that the decision that will never have received the most support within sporting organizations and did not being the one that the European Court of Justice came to. As the Court of First Instance and the European Court of Justice had previously stated, Infantino uh, believed that sp because sports regulations are inherently non-economic, uh, the treaty and everything in it did not apply to them, and that was the end of the matter. The uh, Court of First Instance stance is reflected in his analysis, but this logic is, in the words of Callery and McArdle, incorrect to be polite. While the economic implications of the doping restrictions are clearly secondary to their sports context, it's necessary to consider the business reality of professional sports. Uh, Manville, uh, a writer, argues that it is incomprehensible that rules established by businesses in a sector that generates billions of euros each year should be excluded from the treaty scope. And the very fact that sport is significant in so many social, economic, uh, economic political and other ways militate against uh, arguments that it should be given a special treatment. Clearly, this uh, possesses distinctive characteristics, but so do the majority of other economic sectors and competition law is no less capable of accommodating them than it is of accommodating the particular characteristics of sports. Additionally, criticism has been leveled at the court's competency with the charge that it has become overly engaged in anti-doping affairs. As, as Infantino puts it, with all due respect to the Luxembourg judges, do they truly possess the knowledge or experience necessary to determine whether one or two milligrams of nandrolone should be permitted in the body tissue of a professional swimmer? And what in the world does any of this have to do with European competition law? Uh, according to Callery and McArdle, Infantino has a point, but the only way to resolve that issue is to provide sports the blanket exemption from all parts of European law that Infantino desires, which the EU has simply not done in the uh, 28 years since Bosman. I mean, uh, one can't help but question why the judges of the uh, Court of First Instance and the European Court of Justice were burdened with the uh, concerns posed in Mecca Medina, but the subject plainly came within the court's jurisdiction, and they were forced uh, to address the difficulties raised. Judges are frequently asked to consider matters beyond their areas of expertise, and indeed the Commission stated in dismissing the uh, complaint that it is not the Commission's role to substitute for sporting bodies in determining the approach they believe is best suited to combat doping. Uh, this can be heard from the Commission's uh, press release from 2002. The uh, judges in Mecca Medina were fairly competent of uh, comprehending the sporting body's explanations for doping control and analyzing their arguments for why the permitted amount of nandrolone was set at that level. Following that, the appropriateness of, that, of the standard and the proportionality of the consequences for surpassing it were matters that judges are well capable of resolving. The courts cannot uh, decline jurisdiction merely because they are unfamiliar with it or have no interest in the subject matter of the dispute. 
But in uh, this instance, they were attentive to the case uniqueness and ready to defer to the uh, scientific opinion. Uh, when an anti-doping agency explains to a court how they arrived at the levels and duration of, pro of prohibition, they may be assured that the courts will not be eager to substitute their own opinions for those of experts. When it comes to Infantino's claim that Mecca Medina violated this principle by failing to apply the law in a way that might be applied at the national level uh, to assure legal clarity, Callery and McArdle agree. Infantino states that this will increase legal uncertainty and lead to more competition law claims being leveled against sports organizations on spurious grounds that have little or nothing to do with how the European Union's economic competition works. Uh, this uh, statement, yes and no, I think the only competition claims that have come since this uh, are there on basically good grounds, on legal grounds. So um, that's that's my opinion. Uh, but um, the court of uh, justice has shown little interest in defining uh, uh, more clearly the scope of the sporting exception. Similarly, FIFA was quick to voice its displeasure with the inclusion of Mecca Medina in the white paper on sport, but why should a case-by-case -case approach harm sports in any way? As each, case, as each case is examined one at a time, the courts recognize and respond to the specific characteristics inherent in each sport and disagreement. Doping rules imposed by bodies with wide-ranging monopoly powers and massive sums from the public purses while being accountable to no one, but VADA should be subjected to the court scrutiny, but those legal bodies also need to, the flexibility to respond appropriately to each new challenge. Therefore, sports organizations must be able to demonstrate that they are acting fairly, transparently, and in accordance uh, with lawful rules and without bias. A legitimate response to the non-drone use in sports would differ from a legitimate response to, for example, blood doping or the whereabouts rule. But neither the EU member states, courts, nor the wider European Union are hostile to anti-doping regimes. And if the anti-doping community can articulate the merits of what it does and why, it will face no opposition. Mecca Medina provides an appropriate balance between legal clarity and the requirement of adaptability. According to Callery and McArdle, it benefits sports in general and anti-doping specifically. Spe specifically. Uh, Macamedina has proved to be a controversial decision with many, uh, uh, many federations seeing it that, uh, or international governments, international sporting organizations seeing it as a direct attack on their autonomy. In making this complaint, however, it must be remembered that the m many major uh, uh, federations have been lobbying for some time for a complete exemption from EU law. So any decision that did not specifically uh, serve their purpose was likely to be criticized by this group. According to uh, author James, the decision of is more of a warning shot than a direct attack. The uh, European Court of Justice requires the uh, uh, federations and uh, international organizations to explain why certain rules and procedures are necessary and proportionate for the proper functioning of their sport uh, and is making them produce cogent, uh, cogent evidence to back up cl the claims made in support of their legality. 
that was it from the uh, Mecca Medina case. As you can hear, uh, the sporting uh, specificity is uh, of much importance in that case. So if we go back now to the specificity of sport, I mean, like I said before, over the uh, previous decades, and particularly in the last decade, the uh, European Court of Justice, the Court of First Instance, and the European Commission have all attempted to uh, elucidate the notion of sporting distinctiveness and to define the bounds of community law more precisely in respect to sports. This has been done on a case-by-case -case basis requiring both sport, sports bodies and their legal counsel to identify similar themes in the case law and then analyze the remaining capacity for autonomous decision-making. According to Infantino, this approach is not entirely satisfactory. Certain key principles appear to be emerging, and it was against this backdrop that the European heads, uh, heads of government adopted the Nice Declaration in 2000, explicitly, explicitly uh, recognizing sports bodies' rights to organize, organize and promote their respective sports, particularly uh, regarding specific sporting rules. The independent review of European sport, led by former Portuguese Deputy Prime Minister José Luis Arnaut, was tasked with making recommendations to ensure that the Nice Declaration is effectively implemented. One important recommendation that emerged from the review is the need to clarify the kinds of sports rules that fall outside the scope of the EC Treaty, where legitimate autonomy is lacking. It appears in Vatino things that in Mecca Medina, the European Court of Justice paid little regard to this political context, which might indicate that the judges in Luxembourg, or at least some of them, are rather divorced from the prevailing political mood in Europe. The uh, Court of Justice's primary function is to interpret it and implement the EU treaties, usually for the benefit of national courts confronted with legal challenging matters of EU law in pending cases. Indeed, most sports matters that have reached the uh, European Court of Justice over the years have been referred by national court for a preliminary judgment. For example, in the cases of Walraif, Bosman, Lettonen, Delish and Simutenkov. The Mecca case in which the petitioner brought the direct appeal to the European Commission judgment is an outliner. In any case, the European Court of Justice decisions are adhered to not only by national courts within the European Union, but also by the European Commission when applying European law, for example, in the sphere of competition law. National competitions uh, authorities will generally also adhere to the Commission's pronouncements on questions of competition law. Infantino deems that all the aforementioned implies that the uh, European Court of Justice judgment have far-reaching implications for all courts and administrative entities charged with the uh, task of enforcing competition law. According to Anfantino, the term sports specificity refers to the intratistics qualities of sports that distinguished it from uh, other economic and social activities. As recognized by the 2009 by the European Union's amended treaty of the European Union. So what does this all apply? This, of course, applies that sports specificity is of the utmost importance. Uh, for example, the transfer window will not be... Uh, you could not do the transfer window without it because of the free movement of workers in the EU uh, as the transfer window is only open twice a year so the players are restricted in moving uh, outside the transfer window but it is done for the uh, good of the competition and the importance of football
so it's basically done for the good of sports this is sports specificity and then the rule of course the contract rule after Bosman came uh, because of the transfer window uh, then you uh, the Bosman ruling basically the Bosman case is basically uh, Bosman couldn't transfer to other club because the other club didn't want to uh, pay the transfer uh, pay a fee for him although he was not under contract with his current club clubs could hold on their players even though if they did not have contracts this was of course of course changed so they have some protection there in the transfer window they get paid for their clubs from their current club although they might not be playing they're still under contract so uh, that's also part of the reason the uh, transfer window can be two times a year because clubs have to pay them well while the players are at the club uh so yes this was basically all uh, about the specificity of sports which we will see more of in the near future i think uh, it's very important to hold this rule uh, tight uh, it's it can be interpreted broadly but uh, as it should i mean sport is not like any other business so it's important that the european court of justice recognize this uh, even though national courts may not that's what sports lawyers are for that's what the court of arbitration is for they know exactly what sports specificity is so if you have a sports related matter it's always better to go through the federations and then to cas for example uh, in iceland this is this is lacking and lacking yeah lacking very much and i hope to change that in the near future but i hope you uh, enjoyed the show and please just comment if there was anything unclear or if, if you want to have the show uh, if you want me to have a better accent sorry am icelandic <laughs> no seriously guys uh, any remarks or questions or anything don't hesitate to contact me so that's it and yeah have a night have a nice night Thank you. Bye-bye.